Yeah, here we go. The, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear a lot of that tomorrow uh, this weekend, uh, but it's not gonna be good for the Cowboys. I'm getting it already out of the way. It's the market recap show. I'm not Sean. I'm Neil. But I'm gonna big up his Green Bay Packers. Let's go uh, versus Dallas Cowboys. I love me some action in the NFL. You know who I'm repping. Buffalo Bills are going to do their business. They're going to do that dirty, dirty. What an incredible week it has been as everyone's starting to roll, uh, roll back over here. So, look, we had so much happening. You got the Bitcoin ETF. It's happening. It's not. You got the banks rolling. Uh, big failure of JPM breaking out that top today. You've got NVIDIA doing some crazy, utter, ridiculous nonsense on a regular basis. Like, the 500 break on NVIDIA feels like it happened last year, or at least you know a few months ago. That was just this week. We've had that, we've had crypto, we've had a little bit of everything. We've had down days, we've had up days, we've had CPI. It is a lot to digest. But what you might not have noticed as we get into this market recap, now I've highlighted banks because we all know about the financials, but what in the world is going on with natural gas? Ayo, so we have a certain person on this show, and I'm not going to name any <laughs> Sharif uh, names, who, believe it or not, was calling for a bottom on that gas. For real. You, for, you, you bought the bottom, Fabian? No way, because Sharif got out of it. I know he made the call, and he had the long, and look at it. Now, now it's going to the upside. So when these things trend, they tend to trend, and the trend is your friend to the end when it bends. I don't know where it's going to stop. I know that it's going right now. It's not just that. We got some other things moving around here. You know what's up. You know what we like. Um, I mean, I don't know how much you guys have a little bit of those Silver and gold. I saw in the chat today, it was Steve G. I don't know if you're still here, Steve G. You're like, you look a heck of a lot better or something if you had some bling. I'm not a jewelry person. But if I did, then maybe it would cost a little bit more because gold and silver are having a good day. Hmm, fancy that. You saw JC come on here and talk about the market cap of gold in general how much money's in there and how that could be the end game for bitcoin so when you had the bitcoin etf sell the news look what's strong going into at the end of the day today you're going to get some of those other metals what stunk a little bit well i mean we talk about the banks xlf was red but you know what's interesting so you're not going to see it lead right like you can actually see the regionals do a little bit worse which makes some sense to me uh, starting out for those bank earnings and we can get into tan and how things have stunk but xlf was a muted down what i still see here on xlf and nothing has changed the last time i talked about this you're at some historic levels let's go back to the weekly chart it is simply look at the big time support to resistance that was broken out on the financial. So you've got a great looking trend trade, you're still making higher lows, but you're at a crucial point with these earnings coming through. You have yet to break down underneath that 37 support, you have yet to break out above the top of the channel at 38. Now you have to ask yourself as a trader, do you really care which direction it breaks if you're looking to take a shot? Sure, you'd rather be with the trend in it breaking up, but if it breaks back down, is there not some room back in the 35? I think you can go either way there. I know Sean likes the short. I tend to say I like the trend, and the good thing about a breakout is you don't have to take it unless it happens. 
That's why I like it. I'd rather not have to predict where it's going to go. I'd rather just join what's already happening. That's my modus operandi. I'm going to take the path of least resistance. I find, well, outside of being a Bills fan, I, I like to take the path of least resistance. Uh, being a fan of the Buffalo Bills is probably not that over the years, but let's be real. Uh, I think I'm going to have a fun weekend no matter what. Let's be real about that. So the market overall has been pretty ho-hum back and forth. We cannot review anything without talking about Tesla. Oh my goodness, Tesla, what are you doing? The EVs are about the, they're like the, the drag on the market right now. Uh, the EV names led by Tesla, Tesla under pressure for multiple, multiple reasons. You had Hertz basically selling a bunch of their fleet due to lack of demand. You've had the issues in the Red Sea. So essentially supply chain issues for Tesla. That has led to some pause of production in the Berlin plants. Then you've got some labor cost issues going on in the U.S. where they're giving some pay bumps because of pressure that the, of some UAW wins is putting on their workforce. That's a lot weighing on a stock which is already in a bigger downward trend. And you saw a continuation of that with some weakness here today on Tesla. You know how I felt about all of this? Which was, and, and again, everyone can do their own thing. But I felt that Rivian was just an easier short. I felt that Lucid was just an easier short. You get a little bit more bang for your buck in terms of percentage move down. And I've said it once, and I'm going to say it again. If you are a trader, when you see good trends to the upside, you've got to take them. When you see good trends to the downside, I'm going to pop this to a daily chart on Lucid so you can get a better idea. This is why I was short Lucid today and not Tesla. It's, it's very, very simple. Yes, all the EV names are going to the downside, but this is about the easiest trade review of all time. It has been red since five. It flat bottom broke the, the 52 week bottom at 360 just a couple of days ago, and it went slowly down every single day into that level. It then broke and it accelerated. What should you be doing when you're trading and you're looking at that sector? You take advantage of the lowest hanging fruit. The market at the end of the day, your P&L is not going to care what symbol you made it on. Last I checked, at the end of the month when the settlement comes in, it only matters whether your account is up or down. It doesn't matter what stock you traded. So if you got it, if you if you if you've conquered Tesla, I you promise you you'll probably feel a heck of a lot better about yourself. I know I fall into that as well. But it, it, you're just as good if you short uh, the lower hang fruit with something like a Lucid. There's absolutely no question about it. Um, I just want to acknowledge a couple of things here. One, it's not roll call yet, but Sam, I love you. Josh Allen for MVP. That's what I'm talking about. I had to. You know how I feel about that. Uh, the line's going to control the game. What am I supposed to do? I'm a Bills fan. And you give me a camera to talk in front of, and then you shout out my boy and tell him he's going to be the MVP. You're damn right. Let's go, Buffalo. Uh, I'm definitely going to be uh, having a few for that game. Oh, and I saw this. And I didn't get a chance to acknowledge it. Um, I am going to be doing my regular innocent gun and ketchup chips, and then once the game's out of hand, uh, the blue label will come out because that's high roll for the Buffalo Bills. Now, I don't know when we are going to be ready, but you're going to see in Trader Talk that there's a certain person that all I have to do is put his last name in there, and you know exactly what's up. We had JC 
uh, come on, a great market technician to the afternoon show. Um, but we all know one of our other one of our other favorite market technicians is the NOS boss. And I'm always excited to talk a little bit about just the overall market, how his trades are doing. And it feels like, Michael, every single time we, I'm here talking to you, you're about to get pummeled by a storm out east. And I have to ask you to uh, be safe as always. So uh, let's get right on into trader talk. Michael, hopefully the power stays on. <laughs> Hope, hopefully it's, uh, it's not going to happen right now. But you're right, Ow. Neil, where you are supposed to get hammered again. Um, I didn't put that connection together, but I might have to start saying no to these after hour shows because you're you're putting a little jinx on me in my weather. Well, it's the funny thing is it's not like when you come on and you've done it with Sean, it's like it's never a thing. But Everything's the last fun, yeah. the last three times that we have done this together, each time Nova like I'm after the show on the way home on the I'm always asking my brother Mike how are things like is uh you know is, is the storm hitting just yet uh, for anyone watching the show Michael Noss out east in uh, Halifax Nova Scotia that's where my brother lives so um I always am interested my, my dad's actually out there visiting him as well so uh, uh oh, cool. hopefully all is well out there so look it's been a ridiculous week from yeah. Bitcoin ETF utter nonsense um, you've seen I mean maybe you can talk a little bit about gold and what it's been doing Maybe mm -hmm. as this is the sell the news event has happened. So you've had that. You've had the chips going absolutely ham. You have the financials trying to make that breakout, which we're still waiting for uh, on the back of earnings. Uh, you've, had the, you've had the market rallying, not rallying, CPI one way, PPI the other. It's just been an absolute mess of a week, giving tr great tr day trading opportunities. So what's the, what's the key been for you? Because I feel like every single day has been a different theme, and you're just, as a day trader, that's fine. But in your business, that's it's almost got to be a little bit challenging for a swing trader. Yeah, absolutely. It's been I've been doing more day trading because of it, because that's just kind of what we have to do is and, and adapt. Um, you know, that's something that I, I actually learned. You mentioned you had JC on the show. So next time he's on, tell him uh, hi from me. Uh, we chat all the time. He's a good friend of mine. And yeah, he mentions it all the time. You need to first establish what sandbox you're playing in and try to then adapt a strategy to it. So uh, I've been on the show actually a few times talking about how we have these conflicting seasonality signals, how we're dealing with this overhead resistance on the S&P 500. I can actually bring that up here on the S&P 500 that I think may actually give us a little bit more pause. I've talked about how seasonality from the election cycle, uh, we you know, choppy into the beginning half of the year is very common. And then settling that near when the election is is completed, or at least people know, give or take what's going to happen, that ends up being bullish. But for now, yeah, we are, are hard stuck uh, under this resistance. And it's causing a lot of a lot of mess, because what's going to happen is we're going to probably break a bit and then we're going to pull back a bit and it's it's caused by this phenomenon that we all know and we shouldn't we know we shouldn't do but the whole if i ever get back to break even on this stock i'll sell in this case it's the index we were up here before the bear market started and now we're getting back up here again after about a year and a half of a bull market so this is causing a lot of overhead supply so what i've been doing a lot of 
is nothing when it comes to a swing trading point of view. Um, I talked about this, I think, a couple Mondays ago. I'm going to be more interested in low float and little crazier names than I normally am, just because they're going to be a little bit more market independent. I may be doing a little bit more pullback trading, right, buying dips and selling rips, that type of thing, and a little more day trading just because you know that's the sandbox we're playing in. We break those prior highs, we get through them, um, you know, and in, in a convictedly in conviction manner, then then it's it's going to be back to the races. But yeah, for now, it's about staying patient, staying small and and hopefully not losing too much in the meantime. Yeah, the, the thing that I love about that is like when you go to that other time frame, the, when you get a choppy market up at that top, um, ultimately, you then get a chance to like stock pick, which is what day trading might be. Like you find the things that are actually moving while you're in that market mess, not necessarily having to worry about the market going crazy in one direction or another. You can focus in on those individual names. I'll add one thing in there, that whole thing that we all do about, oh, if we get back to break even or we get back to tops, we'll sell. Not the worst thing in the world to do on really crappy penny stocks when you have yep. the chance. I'm just throwing that out there from some personal experience back in the day because <laughs> it's interesting. I the very first the very first um, non like mutual fund or whatever in my personal account that I actually like invested in a stock because I was a penny stock trader making my bank early was in a penny mm -hmm. stock that I instantly ended up holding the bag instead of taking 100% winner on. And I think you learn those lessons. Uh, the hard way but um, I wanted to just because I like putting you on the spot so we always I always like to get your thoughts and then the first thing I do is try to talk about something that I don't think you should be prepared for so have at I, it I'm not looking like I don't know if, like, what your stance is on crypto we've never discussed it before but I do think when I the first thing that stood out to me outside of natural gas rallying right after Sharif got out of it and called along and then he got out of the long and then it starts going um, which happens we've all been there is the fact that we had a good move on uh, you know, gold and silver in the, in the wake of the sell-off in Bitcoin when, right when the ETFs came in. So you had big run-up and everything crypto-related, a bit of a pivot from Bitcoin to Ether, but then you've actually seen some strength come into this market. Now, there, there, are, some, there are fundamental arguments like, oh, you know, gold and Bitcoin should serve the same purpose. Others are money will move from one to the other. I think there's some logic into that as well. I know you've been a bit of a bull and it's done really well for you on, on gold. Do you care at all about um, the Bitcoin ETFs and this reaction? Did you see it as a buying opportunity? What are your thoughts here? Because clearly there was a move when Bitcoin pulled back in after here. We did get a move. So there was something there. I actually took a short on Bitcoin. You know, I know saying that publicly might upset some people, but I oh. am uh, pretty substantially short uh, Bitcoin right now, around 45,000. Uh, the reason for that is as a technician, all I care about is price history. And the one of the first tops in Bitcoin was pretty much to the day that the CME offered Bitcoin futures. And one of the second tops in Bitcoin was pretty much to the day when Coinbase got listed. So I figured that it's a potential that we have two major history events of selling the news, that this was also going to be a sell the news event, knowing that a lot of these ETFs have to position well in advance of going live. They need to own that Bitcoin before they can be traded. So I kind of suspected this would be a sell the news event. I did not expect the rotation into gold. Um, but I, as you've said, I've been long, 
or gold for a long time. So I'm taking this short into Bitcoin as a, a trade, more or less, right? I'm already up pretty well on it. I have my stop over the highs. Whatever is going to happen with that is going to happen. But I do have a chart up here of gold, and this has been a bit of annoyance for me as a long trader because you can see this resistance area up here call it 190 ish on the gold etf i think it's around 2000 and something on the actual uh, currency itself i just refer to gold as a currency um and these topping tails right we keep getting up here we keep getting rejected we keep getting up here we keep getting rejected at some point we're gonna i bet i think that we are going to blow through this area and i think when we do that it's going to be really hard to get in because it's going to happen all at once i have no idea what the catalyst for that will be so as we are dipping i've been using anchored view apps as points to get long and then as we get to this top i've been lightening up on some as just a way to trade around this position because i do want to own gold again i'm not the guy to know fundamentally why this is occurring but i will say for the hardcore crypto people out there uh, that have been looking for institutional participation all this time, thinking that it would cause this massive rally, I don't think that's going to be the move. And I'm actually going to throw this question back at you, Neil, because you, like myself, you know how these institutions have to work. If if I have a 1% allocation to Bitcoin, and that's the allocation that I have as a large institution, if Bitcoin rallies, I'm a forced seller. And if Bitcoin drops, I'm a forced buyer to keep that 1% allocation. So what I expect more than anything to happen because of these Bitcoin ETFs is way less volatility to both the upside and the downside to Bitcoin. And I think we're going to have a really uh, calming, steady off because A, you're going to have market makers trading back and forth. B, you're going to have this, this forced allocation of 1%. Um, so really, I think Bitcoin people are going to have a hard time with CHOP for an extended period of time. Does that thesis make any sense to you? It certainly makes it does make some sense. The the one thing the one thing I will say, and this is something that actually I'm not I won't take credit for this thought because I mean JC was mentioning this, and I've I've heard many smarter crypto people mention this as well. That in to some extent, when you look at the fact that institutional money is going to come in, it's going to go from somewhere else, right? So it's like there will be a rotation, and so it's like what in what in the regular portfolios is going to shift over to crypto, and in this case, particular Bitcoin. And it, there's a logic to the whole gold to gold, like limited supply, um, mm -hmm. store value, all that kind of good stuff. Like that's what that, that's what the logic would state. And so simply looking at that. And then how much money out there there is, trillions and trillions in, in gold, not, not including the miners, to be able to come into the overall market cap of Bitcoin, to which there is a limited supply, even if there is less volatility, I can see the, I, could, I tend to agree with you, I think you might end up with a case that you might get some, I think some of the ETS could have some issues every now and then on a trading intraday basis, sometimes you see yeah. that with new issues, but in general mm -hmm. I agree with your thought, but I think overall the trend can still be to the upside if it takes away from some of those metals. I can tell you personally, when I, when I started investing in my, you know, personally myself, I did allocate some to, like I, I was one of those money supply people that you can't just have debt forever. I, I had that phase as well, so I've always owned some gold and silver. And yeah. I don't, I, like I'll tr I've traded GDX, I've not really traded miners before. I think I should have followed you in GLD, that kind of a thing. But a lot of that's moved into Bitcoin for me. Um, just that's just been my take, but 
I still think there's a lot of people that will do that as well. So I agree with you on the volatility, but I do believe there's a lot of money that might rotate into crypto because of this. I think that's where the enthusiasm comes from. All that said, they went on to the, they sold the news and went on to the next thing, which would be the next ETF, which was on ETH. And how many times yeah. have we seen that in trading? So I think, I think your short makes sense. And I would hope that a lot of people realize that you're not hating on something that they invest in. You're a trader no. that's trying to make money. Yeah, and that's at the end of the day, that's the only thing I care about, right? I, that's why I try to actively avoid the news and I, I don't participate in politics or anything like this is because I want an unclear bias of what I think is happening on the chart. So, um, yeah, for a long-term point of view, I would still probably be interested in, in Bitcoin and crypto. I am very interested, and this is something that maybe you have JC's um, uh options strategist on at some point, who again is a personal friend of mine, uh, Sean McLaughlin, because very soon there's going to be something that's happened in Bitcoin that has never happened before. And that is the ability to trade options directly on Bitcoin, because you will be able to trade options on these ETFs. I think that could create a little bit of fun one way or the other. But it could also create cash flow for some of your Bitcoin holdings, because if you are long Bitcoin and you can sell covered calls now against a secured instrument, I think that's going to be really interesting. So as someone who has a little tiny bit of Bitcoin in a hard wallet, in a, a safety deposit box far away, I think that's something that I may participate in, because if I'm right and Bitcoin's not going to move significantly for an extended period of time, I think there's now a new revenue source open for Bitcoin holders where they can start to sell these options against this position. I think that's going to be uh, a whole nother area that I think is going to be really, really fun. Well, the interesting thing about, as you say that, because one of our viewers, Mike Zed, just said uh, the Bitwise CEO saying an, ETA, an Ether ETF is not as close and not even on their radars. But like in some of the other tokens, you can stake, which of course gets you a bit of a return. Mm -hmm. What you're able to do now with ETS and some of these covered call strategies can be essentially to do the same thing, which to me logically would, in some ways, I know ETH went up, but it's like, okay, well now Bitcoin ends up being better competition against that. So I actually sold some ETH in this move to the upside personally because I see it that way myself. But um, we only have six minutes, according to this thing which is taking down, we got about <laughs> six minutes left and I know you usually have a, an idea to look for next week. I know you're, gonna be, I know you're always on can we can I ask you a question? Because it's a holiday on Monday. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like, like I've said this before, kind of tongue in cheek when I'm sitting next to Sean, why don't we, why can't we get Michael to come on on Tuesday mornings uh, sometimes as well? So I don't like, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and enforce that on you. I, I hope you enjoy your time off when we get market holidays here and there. But next week, holiday shortened week, we've gotten some bank owners. Like, what are you looking forward to next week? Can you leave us with maybe an idea? I know you went over some things in the morning for anybody that's, for whatever reason, not paying attention and watching the show in the morning. Um, you can either recap something or maybe give us something to look for. Yeah, sure. And, you know, hey, email me if you want me on on Tuesday. That's that's absolutely fine. I've I've uh, I love coming on. I love talking to markets and I've always got between now and Tuesday. I will probably look at at least a thousand charts on different time frames. So I'll probably lying. have some more stuff going there. Um, so uh, here on my screen, I actually have uh, a heat map. I love that we have these in the platform now and you can do them with your own watch list. So this particular watch list for me 
is a watch list of just all of the ETFs I look at. And you can see two giant squares right above my head right now. Uh, UNG, natural gas, and URA, uranium. So I am very focused on the uranium side of things. Uh, I mentioned this, I think the last time I was on with Sean, that I was buying some UEC, and that just was absolutely phenomenal today. I'm still going to keep an eye on some of these uranium ETFs to see if we get some sort of pullback into this range. Obviously, every time you're long and something like this happens, you wish you had more. Um, so I'm going to keep a close eye on this. Now, when it comes to what it is that I'm looking for going forward, I think there's a lot when it comes to short squeeze potential plays. In choppy sideways market, there's this whole saying that you never short a dull market. So that's a little bit what I was talking about this morning with two plays in particular that I'm really excited for. And one's SVV, and this is Value Savers Value Village. Um, very interesting action today with a little hammer candle. The thing that I like about this is that it's a new IPO. And if we anchor a VWAP from the high, you guys who stay late, you you get Brian Shannon all the time. We'll talk about this. I actually spoke with Brian Shannon on a Zoom call today and, and mentioned this to him. He liked the look of it. The anchored view app from the high on SVV is very interesting. The thing that really gets me on this one is that it has a 34% short float. So if we start to get above this kind of $18 a share area on SVV, I really like that. I know if we close back below this anchored view app, which is around 16 that um, that's going to be my risk. So I'm risking $2. If this thing even gets to the high of the IPO, we're talking $27. So we're risking two and we have the potential to make 10. I'll take those all day long. Uh, another one that was interesting when I was looking through my short float scan that I have here was this CRSP. It's a CRISPR therapeutics. I was reading a little bit about it. I guess it's all the hubbub about therapeutic stocks right now, but it's got a 21% short float and a pretty significant level here around $65, give or take. So if this one can hold and push higher, I'm interested in that last but not least. Go back to the IPO side with the high short float is BRIK. Birkenstocks, I guess these are shoes. I'm an old man that lives in the middle of Canada. I've never heard of them. <laughs> but nice looking, interesting bull flag on this one. 26% short float and really, really high in its IPO range. So the highest the stock has ever been is around 51. Uh, anything over 48, I like the look of this one. Just some names, I think. We, we generally have these short float seasons that seem to happen. It seems like it's a long time since we've had one. So these are just some high short float names that I'm keeping my eye on. Uh, thank you there, Michael. And we actually have Fugazi Bear in the chat actually uh, thanking you for some of your previous calls that he made some money on. So, you know, you got to put your own awesome. trades on, but good ideas are great ideas. And I say that because this morning when you were talking about those low short float names, uh, you heard me talk about how lazy I am and it would be cool if I just already had an indicator that would feed me some of those, and uh, it literally took five minutes, maybe 10 tops, uh, for you to get me that link. So thank you as always. Because hey, I, and if, any, if anyone in the audience wants that as well, I, I have the link now, so I can just share it with whoever's a, a trade idea subscriber there. Yeah, just bug him on X, because then you can just copy, you can get it on his, on that layout. I find it's mm -hmm. just, it, it's easy, because I use trade every single day, if there's a really cool scanner, instead of having to figure out how to do it myself, we have, we have Michael as our resource, and he's going to help us out there, in addition exactly. to finding some fantastic ideas. So, look, I hope you enjoy the long weekend. I know there's a big storm coming, and the East Coast usually gets a little bit wild, so cross those fingers. I hope all goes well, it usually does, but uh, best, of, uh, best of luck this weekend with the storm. It's a pleasure having you on, and we'll talk to you next week. 
I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot there. Alrighty then, we got about a minute here. I know we can push it a little bit longer. I'm looking at Ram Ram. Uh, there she chuckles over it because we uh, I like talking to Michael, so we're going to get a little bit more into it uh, there. But I got to give our rundown. We got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do the roll call. Let's go. Uh, who do we have here? I know I see you, Darwin. He says thank you as well. Darwin saying thank you to Michael as well. Thank you, Julio for Julio for staying late there. Altman saying thank you, Michael Pillsbury as well. Monty in the house. Bears versus Bulls. We love you. I got some words for you at the end here. Talent 103, CompuCare team. God bless you as well. KNT talking about some Bitcoin. Hey, we're all talking to Bitcoin uh, as well. Toilet brush, holla. You want to know your point total? Give that, give them a thousand points for having the name toilet brush in there. Uh, I always like it when it's fun. Zippy Zane in the house. Uh, Henry in the house. Jody Virginia, Tom's Trades. Hey, we see you all the time. We love you. Monty G, Drift R, Bbot 5000 dropping some sirens on us. Aaron Scott Matthews. That just sounds like you know what you're talking about, Aaron Scott. Uh, when you get the three names, it's just better than two. As always, Tango Sierra, Trader Lucy, Vanilla Man in America, Carly, what up? Drift R, Shining Bright, Starvin' Like in the house. And of course, Sailor Moon saying, go Lions, one pride. Now look, I know we're done, and I don't have anything against the Lions. You know what, I'm, I got two things I got to say before we get out of here. One of those is a very humble and chilled out, go Buffalo Bills, we're going to handle business on Sunday, and I'll be drinking that blue label 100% because we're going to win. The second thing I have to say is it's a long weekend, so if you're tuning into the show every single day like you should, then you know every single Monday we start you off with a great show. There is no market open on Monday, so just check out the podcast either tomorrow or on Sunday or on your day off if you're a trader and you got one. Most people are going to have that day off. Why? Because it's MLK Day. Now, what I was going to do at first was I was going to do like a an MLK quote to end things off. He has so many of them, and all of them are so inspiring. Then I had a conversation with some traders um, today, actually Obi referenced this, and we were talking about some things, and I decided to say two things about this, because I think the spirit of MLK is really just about love and kindness and caring about others. Right? So there's two things I wanted to say. One is something I say to my daughter every time she gets scared, and that is no matter what you see or hear in the world, there are more good people than bad. And if you ever wonder how people with the courage and will and kindness of like Martin Luther King Jr., or any, any of his ilk, and I can name a million, but I'm not going to because we're focused on him at the moment. If you wonder where they get that from, it's because of the faith they have in the goodness of other people. Right? So remember, no matter what you hear in the news, no matter what talking heads tell you, no matter what it feels like, there are more of us, and that is good people like I see in our community that care about each other, than there are bad. At no point in human history has that not been true. And as long as you have that, then you're going to be in a good place and you cannot feel down about the world. I never feel bad about the world because I always remember that that is going to be true. And the second thing is, and why you hear me go on rants like this all the time, because I truly believe this. This is not my quote. I actually don't remember who gave this quote. It's something to the effect of, if you care about others, then you will tell them what you think. That means speak the truth. If you care about yourself, you will tell people what they want to hear. 
One of the things that I love about this show is we just tell you the truth, we just show you our trades, we just tell the market like it is, and that's it. And we leave that for you because we care about traders doing well in their trading journey because I've seen a lot of traders succeed. I've seen a lot of traders fail. We care about each and every single one of you like you should care about everyone in our community and outside because that is the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. MLK Day is about love. That's about it. You don't really need much of anything else. So I'm going to leave you guys with that and you can ponder with it. As I said, you're going to still check out the podcast on, on Saturday, but I hope you reflect on some of that and have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you back on Tuesday for some more wild trading, um, but enjoy your long weekend, everyone.